He's staying. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Dunholm hanging out with you as we do each and every week here on the home of world football in Southern California. It's a pleasure to be with you. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is staying in Los Angeles with LA Galaxy. The Lion, the man who calls it MLZ, Major League Zlatan, is staying with MLS and LA Galaxy. There was some thought about maybe he going uh, back to one of his former clubs, AC Milan, Zlatan, Apparently wasn't all that giddy with his contract. And MLS and LA Galaxy step up and make him a designated player for the 2019 season. He will be sticking around. They announced that with uh, general manager, new general manager, Dennis DeClusa, earlier in the week. So Zlatan stays with LA Galaxy. And, of course, when you look at it just on paper, of course he had to stay, if you're the Galaxy, from their perspective. He was... The lion's share, no pun intended, of their offense in 2018. Not only with the 22 goals, but with 10 assists. And that was just in 27 games. Slotan Ibrahimovic is one of four or five of the biggest names in world football. Right? I mean, let's face it. And I'm not talking about previous, you know, former player. Of course, Pelé and Diego Maradona, all those names. I'm talking about guys who are still on the pitch. Messi and Ronaldo are in a different stratosphere. We all know that. Zlatan's right there in the next cut. Still is as a big name, as an international pull, as a superstar, for lack of a better word. How many superstars are there, and I mean superstars in any sport anymore? Because that word has been watered down so much, right? In the NBA, you know how many superstars there are that people think they think there are more than a handful. They think there's dozens. There's like two or three. You want to list the superstars in the NBA? There's two of them that play for Golden State and one of them that plays for your Los Angeles Lakers. We all know the names. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and then on a different stratosphere altogether, LeBron James. Those are the three superstars in the NBA. How many superstars are there in Major League Baseball? Like one and he plays in Anaheim? Realistically? Now, they'll tell you there's other bigger names. Even in soccer, the world's game, where are there so many more players at a high level in terms of skill than any other sport, rightfully so, because there are so many more high-level clubs and everything that's played all over the world. We know this. There's still only a handful of superstars, superstar players. Not you know off the pitch or a Paul Pogba who gets a lot of attention. He's not a superstar player. I'm talking the cream of the crop. Still only a few. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is one of them. And he's still going to play in MLS, and he's still going to play for LA Galaxy. They had to do it. Based on the fact you couldn't even make the playoffs with Zlatan last year. Your defense was so messed up. Imagine if they would have lost him. He's staying. Jose Mourinho is going at Man United. Oh, glory, glory, Man United. Finally. Long live Jose Mourinho's tenure at Man United. Jose Mourinho's tenure at Man United is dead. And it couldn't have happened any sooner if you're a United fan, realistically. Mourinho is past his due date, right? If Jose Mourinho's coaching style was milk, it would be stinking up your fridge right now. He had to go. Throw it out. It wasn't working at Man United. Now, let me just throw out some chisme there. 
Let's welcome uh, the great Mario Rees, our producer. Mario, you know I love the... Uh, oh, we love it. Football cheese may The best. You got it all. You always have the cheese mid Dave. Well, this is completely cheese made up. I'm making this up, okay? This has nothing to do with anybody I talk to or reality whatsoever, but I'm going to throw it out there as cheese may Hey, as long as it's juicy, it's good. That's right. <laughs> what you got? Right? A couple of, what, a week ago-ish, the Caleb Porter, solid MLS manager who still uh, at the time was a, a, a manager free agent, if you will, didn't have a job. Was seen courtside with Chris Klein and to right the old the Galaxy front office the AEG people seen at courtside at a Laker game right and and it, and it seemed like okay that's a pretty good sign that Caleb Porter is going to be the manager for the LA Galaxy well fell apart looks like he might take the or he's going to be the Columbus Crew manager and what do you know everybody was like well of course Porter left the Galaxy high and dry right they wanted him. Looked like it was a done deal. They go sit courtside of the Laker game where everybody wants to go when you want to be seen. And then he uh, apparently just pulls away, and it looks like he's going to go somewhere else. What if, Mario, what if the Galaxy and Teclusa heard some rumblings? What if they knew what Man United was going to do if something didn't go their way, re- you know, in the in the very near future with Jose Mourinho? What if... It's possible the Galaxy knew Mourinho would be available. Hmm. Wow. Not only that, you know, everybody's talking about it now, like, oh, maybe he could come to the Galaxy. I'm saying, what if they knew? And what if they put the kibosh on hiring Caleb Porter? But they wanted to give him an out to make him look good. So they say, hey, okay, Caleb, we're going to let you say that you're pulling out of this job, you know, but we've got bigger ideas. This is total made-up cheese may, all right? I'm just thinking out loud here. Total rumors. I haven't heard from anybody. No, but what if? Now everybody will poo-poo it. Oh, that's ridiculous. He's Jose Mourinho. He'll never come to... Who likes L.A. better around the world of football, Mario, than Jose Mourinho? Who loves Los Angeles, right? Brings every team here virtually to train. This is kind of making sense, Dave. A little bit. Just a little bit. Right? I'm, I'm taking it deeper than just, oh, well, he should come to the Galaxy. Well, you know, people mock that. But, you know, nobody thought David Beckham was going to come here at the age of 31. People forget that. He wasn't 40 when David, you know, he wasn't 38. David Beckham was 31 when he came here, okay? Nobody thought Robbie Keane would end up here. Nobody thought Zlatan would end up here in MLS and with LA Galaxy. Well, what about Jose Mourinho? Why not? Is there a bigger splash you could make at the managerial spot in the world today? No, there isn't. That doesn't mean he's the best manager. I don't think he is. That doesn't mean he would fit in MLS. I don't think he would. But you would not make a bigger splash. And it would make international headlines yet again. Is he uh, overpaid? Yeah. Would it be a fortune? You bet. But just but, maybe it's something you have to think about. You have to make the call. You have to reach out. Even if it goes nowhere. Probably will. You got to reach out if you're the Galaxy, right? You need a manager. Who better at this point? Now, you can say, well, who better? There's a lot. Of, okay, if you don't think he's good, I'm talking for the whole package because let's face it, MLS still has to make headlines. Why do you think they put out a video of Zlatan on MLZ and he, the lion is coming back? and all? Because it makes headlines around the world. And that's what people don't remember or don't think about with MLS. All you people who hate on the league, 
and it's something that Mario and I talk about a lot off the air and everything. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Jose Mourinho, they're not going to Southampton. They're not going to go play for Genoa, right, or manage Rio Ave. They're not doing that. They're not going, no disrespect to a few other clubs, they're not going to Sporting Kansas City. But LA Galaxy, LAFC, NYCFC, Inter Miami, even Atlanta United maybe. We've seen some greats go through there already in the world's game. They can draw. You have to think about it. Don't just poo-poo it if you're the Galaxy. Make the call. That's still where this league is at. They need that buzz. And you can't tell me that there is another manager in the world that would be a draw like Jose Marino. He would actually draw fans and attention. No doubt. You have to do it if you're the Galaxy. You've got to make the inquiry. If they haven't already, shame on them. If, if, if Chris Klein and AEG and Dennis Teclosa haven't already called inquiring about Jose Marino, shame on them. You want to hit me up on Twitter, it's at TalkSoccer. Your thoughts on that? I mean, look, it doesn't make sense, but it does. For all the wrong reasons, they're right reasons. Zlatan stays. That rivalry with LAFC continues to grow because he's there, let's face it, after what he did in the first season, and that first game specifically. And maybe Jose Mourinho. Why not? Oh, you're nuts, Denham. Really? Well, then shame on us for not thinking big enough. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. That's where we continue the conversation. And you can keep on going. Hit me up even after the show is done, throughout the week. We respond. We have fun on that. Coming up, Tom Marshall will join us. We'll talk Liga Amakis and the final. And L Tree, all that and so much more still to come as this hour rolls on. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. Señoras y señores, Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710. You just heard that courtesy of Televisa as Club America wins the Liga down there in Liga Emekis. And no better man to talk about it with. Uh, he covers it for ESPN FC, friend of the show and a friend of ours, Tom Marshall. Tom, thanks so much for taking the time, buddy. No, no worries, Dave. Yeah, just, uh, just here in Mexico City. Um, obviously, Massive game over the weekend with uh, with the two Mexico City sides, Cruz Azul and America, going going head to head. Yeah, you know, Tom, I thought Cruz Azul was the favorite, certainly coming in. I thought they had a brilliant season, but you can't take anything away from Club America. They're a great team. They deserved it. What happened in that second leg? Where was the difference, do you think, Tom, for uh, Club America able to pull that out? Honestly, I think in the second leg, Cruz Azul didn't show up. I mean, yeah. it was all, all the build-up to this game was basically, whenever a club America is involved, because it's such a massive institution, it's a big game. But for me, it was all about Cruz Azul and, and the 21-year drought without a league title. Um, and so obviously it was, it was pretty intense. But in terms of what happened on that second, in that second leg, for me, Cruz Azul just kind of didn't show up. They were so defensive. Um, they showed very, very little ambition. And then, you know, over the 90 minutes, it just felt like a, a moment America were going to break through. And obviously with Edson Alvarez's first goal, that's exactly what happened. And, you know, at the end of the 180 minutes, I mean, I don't think even the, the hardcore Cruz Azul fan would say that their team deserved to win. I mean, Cruz, Club America, uh, 
won title number 13, and I think they thoroughly deserve to. Yeah, I, that's what surprised me, Tom. You play two games. These two-leg finals are great. I love it in the Apertura final. Cruz Azul doesn't score a goal. I mean, you don't deserve it. Bottom line, you, like, you're absolutely right. They just didn't show up. They just didn't deserve it in the end. Club America took you know, advantage of their chances. Alvarez getting a goal late as well as that 51st-minute goal. He got one in the 90th. I just think, you know, I, I just think I was wrong. Maybe Club America is just a little bit better than Cruz Azul when it comes down to it in the big game. Yeah, I mean, Club America under Miguel Herrera, uh, you know, he, he guided them to the, to the Clausura 2013 title as well, mm-hmm. again against Cruz Azul. And I think that Club America just peaked at the right time. I mean, you know, if, if you go undefeated in 17 games at the end of the season like Club America did, you're going to be you're going to be very close to winning a championship, <laughs> um, and, and Club America just got it right at the right time of the season. And let's yeah. not forget, this is a team full of, of top players as well. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know, you know, Oribe Peralta up front. Um, they had a couple of injuries. Diego Linares, like the next star of the Mexican national team. Um, I mean, this is a this is a team that's absolutely loaded with talent, um, and they finished second in the regular season. So, I'd say that you know, taking a step back and having a look at the Club America and Cruz Azul, I'd say Cruz Azul. Uh, still, still rebuilding. I think they're on the right path, uh, but Club America are just a little bit further down the road. Um, Club, you know, I, I just think they're a better individual player for player, a better team. And Cruz Azul have had a great season, but from a kind of collective point of view, they've really played well collectively. Uh, but there's still work to be done, and already we're seeing, even in the days after this final, that Cruz Azul are spending big money. I mean, they just bought Oberlin Pineda mm-hmm. from um, from Chivas reportedly for 12 million US dollars. So this is a club in Cruz Azul that I think, although it was, you know, they'll be so disappointed with that performance in the final, I think we're going to see him in finals in, you know, it's not going to be too long before the back fighting for a championship. We're talking with Tom Marshall. You can check him out on Twitter, at Mexico World Cup. He covers the Mexican national team in Liga Mekis for ESPN FC, and we love having him on the show. Tom, you, you kind of alluded to it. Uh, we're already days past the, the, uh, the final, which means... The uh, Apertura kicks off, I'm sorry, the Clausura kicks off in a couple of minutes, basically. So everybody's <laughs> got to get right to it, right? That's the thing about Liga Emekis. There really is no off-season, essentially. You just had something on Twitter earlier in the day that I thought was interesting, talking a little bit about Peruvian international Yoshi Yotun, who plays right now for Orlando, who have had their issues on and off the pitch recently in MLS, and Cruz Azul maybe attempting to go after that. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about how... Liga Emekis and everybody is looking at MLS now and kind of vice versa, frankly. We didn't see a lot of that in the early years of Major League Soccer, but it looks like there's more and more great players coming in and out of both leagues, realistically, from all over Central and South America. No, for sure. I mean, I think I think MLS um, are now competing in that market, a market that was traditionally was such a strong point for Liga Emekis, which is the younger South American players. Yeah. You know, maybe they're not at the right point of their careers, to make the jump to Europe, but they, you know they want to make a bit more money. They want to see like kind of MLS or Mexico as like a stepping stone. And I think that um, you know I think that's what's happening. I think that's why we're seeing you know different players moving between leagues. But you know I think in general the average wage in Liga MX is obviously higher. So obviously yeah. players are just like the human beings, the people, the professionals. They tend to go where the money is. So I think in in general terms, um, you know that the, the play, players from MLS would would be attracted to Mexico. But obviously, you get cases like Raul Ruiz Diaz up there in Seattle, where obviously he's, he's getting paid a lot more because he's a designated player. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, the, I think both sides of the, of the border have kind of 
clubs on both sides are kind of looking at there, there are opportunities there without doubt um, and especially especially in Mexico I think for homegrown, homegrown players because if you look at the, the top Mexican teams right now a lot of them are producing a lot of, lot of good young players but not many are getting opportunities and I just always think that MLS clubs you know instead of doing what Galaxy did and, and paying millions and millions for, for Giovanni Dos Santos you know to, to look down at Mexico look at the under 17 look at the under 20 leagues and kind of you know, pick up a few prospects that could become the next Giovanni dos Santos yeah. and kind of take a risk. I mean, um, so I, I think we're going to see more and more of that kind of thing. Oh. I, mean, I think these leagues are, are so intertwined, and, and I know people sometimes don't like don't like it, but I, I just think the the futures are intertwined. I, I couldn't agree more. We're talking with Tom Marshall from ESPN FC. Uh, Tom, it's not only players too. As we now look at it, it's co- managers are doing the same thing. Matias Ameda is a great hire, I believe, for San Jose Earthquakes. Talk a little bit about the former Chivas uh, manager who led them, of course, to that Champions League title, beating Toronto FC, a team I thought who was better than Chivas, but he really did a great job in that final. Talk a little bit about him as a manager now with San Jose Earthquakes. No, I think I think Matias Almeida is, is his charisma. I mean, this is a guy who, who's very charismatic. Yeah. He's, he's a player's manager, so it's kind of, you know, he's... Um, He's very much kind of gets the players on side. They absolutely buy into what he wants to do, um, and, and he's very emotional like that. He, he will kind of, you know, he, he, he'll get them on side. In terms of a tactical point of view, um, he likes to attack. He likes to have the ball. A bit like, you know, he played. He played with um, Pochettino, the Tottenham manager. You know, he's, he's that kind of that kind of style. I'd say. Obviously, it's not ridiculous. All how attack yeah. we saw against Toronto, that Chivas very much knew how to. How to defend and, and and not concede in that in that champ, Concacaf Champions League final? But um, I think he's an exciting guy to bring into the league, no doubt about it. Um, and you know he's a very good manager, and he's and he's a big he's a big personality. You know he's he's a River Plate legend. He's now a Chivas legend, and I think it's a, it's a coup for MLS um, to bring in somebody like that. But like like I said again, I think we're going to see it more and more. Let's yeah. not forget that Oscar Pareja absolutely just moved from Dallas to Tijuana, so. You know, like I said, going back to the original thing, is I think it's going to work both ways. I think we're going to see more and more of this kind of thing. We're talking with Tom Marshall, who also covers El Tri for ESPN FC, uh, based in Mexico City. Tom, I guess if we're looking at El Tri, I mean, Tata Martino, I mean, another MLS uh, you know, former <laughs> coach now. and it, Is it a done? I mean, what's going on here? It's never done until it's done, right? Of course. But is that, I mean, is he going to take over El Tri in the future here? Yeah, I mean, it's never done until it's done, but it's pretty much done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from what I understand, and I was at the Federation yesterday, he's not signed on the dotted line yet. So, you know, they can't make it official. They can't, you know, sure. You know, they can't, they can't announce it. But, I mean, it, it's an open secret. I mean, I was at a press conference yesterday and the, the spokesperson for the, for the Mexican Federation basically told the journalists, don't go on vacation too long over the holidays. Nice. Because we might have a big announcement at the start of the new year. <laughs> so it's, like, it's like the worst okay. kept secret, as you say. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. So it's going to get done. Yeah. What are your thoughts on yeah. him leading L Tree here now in the future? I honestly think that if you were to draw up a list of, of you know, potential candidates that are realistic, I mean, you know, obviously getting, you know, excluding Pep Guardiola, for example, I think for me, Tata Martino would be number one for the Mexican yeah. national team. I think he's proven himself. In different countries, I think he's proven to be versatile. He's managed big, big clubs. He's managed big countries. Uh, he knows what the pressure is. He knows what dealing with the media is. Um, he plays a really attractive brand of football. Um, and I honestly very, very excited about 
you know, he's not obviously got a magic wand, but I'm very excited at what, what he can bring to this Mexican national team. Um, I think it's, you know, it's it's one of the best hirings that this federation has, has ever done, to be honest. And I mean, I know that sounds like a big statement, but I honestly believe that. Well, this is a guy who always brings it to this show, and we appreciate him all the time. Tom Marshall from ESPN FC at Mexico World Cup on Twitter. He covers Liga Mackies and, of course, El Tri, and we love chatting with him here. Tom, thanks so much for taking the time. As always, man, your knowledge is great, and we appreciate you having a, a few minutes for us here on Soccer Weekly. No problem, Dave, anytime, and yes, happy holidays to you and, and your listeners. Same to you. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to Tom Marshall. We really appreciate Tom. Each and every time we talk to him, he is one of the best in the business at Mexico World Cup on Twitter. If you love El Tri, if you love Liga Emekis or just want to know about you should be following him there, no question about it. Thanks so much for taking the time, Tom. Hey, Club World Cup still in action and stoppage time still to come later in the show. We've got black and gold breakdown as well. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710, we appreciate you hanging on. And listening each and every week here to the home of the beautiful game, it is a pleasure and an honor to be with you each week. And, man, we got so much to get to. I do want to uh, praise our uh, great sponsors of this segment, Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2018 Toyota Camry SE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. They've been with us for a long time. We appreciate their support here of the beautiful game and of ESPN LA. I'm Dave Denholm. I hang out with you throughout the week talking soccer at Talk Soccer on Twitter. If you want to hit me up there, we love to discuss the beautiful game. Whatever you need, you know, if you have any questions about the show, any comments, concerns, feel free. You can fire away, you know, in public on Twitter with me, and that's fine. If you want to listen to more, if you missed the interview with Tom that we just did, you want to catch a, a glimpse of that more, or if you missed a little bit of that, or if you missed some shows, Always, uh, the podcast gets up very quickly, immediately after the show here. And you can go to iTunes or ESPN Pod Center and uh, search Soccer Weekly. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. It is time now for Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown! It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this! Right now. Black and Gold Breakdown, of course, we are the home of the Los Angeles Football Club. And the Black and Gold is uh, the... Off-season rolls on. There's really no off-season anymore, as we all know. But it is uh, fun to talk about, not just on the pitch with LAFC, a lot of things happening off the pitch, but this we, today's black and gold breakdown, we do want to discuss something going on on the pitch, but it's the kids. It is the MLS Academy, or LAFC Academy, that is uh, run in part by Todd Saldana. We've had him on the show before, and he's the Academy Director. Holy cow. LAFC's academy has had good results since they began, right? And we've talked with John Thorrington, the technical director, the general manager of LAFC, about it and how they set that up, where they didn't want to just come out of the gate with 10 different teams at all the age levels. They were going to grow with a certain age group and then keep adding on. In other words, I think they started with an under 12. I could be, could have been a U11, whatever it was, a couple years ago, right? And so now those kids are up in the U14s, U that kind of thing, and then they just add on the teams as it goes. So you didn't just start with a bunch. They kind of wanted to grow it. Well, and I got a, I, I looked at the tweet from uh, Saldana a few days ago where LAFC, the under-14s academy, the 2005ers, were playing against, I don't know, pretty good competition here. Atlanta United has an unbelievable academy that they're starting to build, NYCFC, teams like that. Well, uh, Todd tweeted out 
some results the other day. And, yeah, they were pretty favorable to uh, LAFC. Oh, by the way, the U13s of LAFC recently won the CONCACAF Champions League at that level. Yeah. Well, the LAFC Academy U14s now playing in Atlanta. These are the three games and the results that they had a few days ago. They beat Atlanta United 8-2. to They beat a team from Queen City, North Carolina, 8-0. And they beat NYCFC, 5-0. A combined 21-2 in three matches. Whoa. I mean, look, here's why I bring this up, right? It ha- bottom line is, it doesn't really matter results at that age. On some level, yes, they're in a professional environment in that they're not pros yet, but they are at LAFC's academy. So, of course, you keep score, and of course you want to win, and you want to teach them that. But it's not really about that. It's not really about even focusing on kids. They're still kids, after all. Most of them, the vast majority of them, will never play a professional game of soccer in their life. That's just the fact. Same thing with AAU basketball. You know, you, you get the point. It's about the club itself and how they go about this and wanting to build an academy to see results that quickly and what Saldana is doing and his staff. And yet, maybe one or two of these kids, maybe even a few more than one or two, go on to become truly top-level professionals. That's what you're looking for, right? We've seen it with LA Galaxy. And a, a young kid, Efrain Alvarez, who's just about ready to break through, really should be breaking through here in 2019 at the latest. Kid is that good. But we've seen it now, and, and some of the Academy of Products start to come through. Well, LAFC is doing it the right way, not overexposing too many teams or trying to be too much too soon. You build slowly, you build from the ground up, and you do it year by year, month by month, day by day. Remember the block by block, street by street. It's the same kind of thought process, and you can see it with the club. Yeah, they're having massive success on the pitch in terms of wins and losses, but really, that doesn't even matter in the long run. You're trying to build something, and they're doing it the right way, and I had to emphasize that. Yes, it's all well and good to be pounding on teams 8-0. That's fine. If you're going to play a game and they're going to keep score, you want to win. But it's deeper than that, and that is the success LAFC is having as a club, and you can see it through the academy already. Hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. Give me your thoughts on some of maybe the academy games you've seen, not just for LAFC, LA Galaxy, some of the other teams in MLS. And how that's growing or not growing in America, frankly. If you disagree, hit me up at Talk Soccer. Speaking of MLS, Major League Soccer changed their playoff format for 2019. Not insignificantly either. Seven teams will now make it from each conference, up from six in the previous few seasons. The number one seed in each conference is going to get a, a, a bye in the first round. Most significantly, though, it's not just the imp- adding a team for each conference. Yeah, okay. Now more than half the teams are going to make it. Eventually, MLS continues to expand. Hopefully they won't overexpand how many teams are getting in. We see it in the NHL, NBA, more than half the teams make the playoffs, so this is not exactly new for sport. But you don't want to water it down too much. What is significant, though, is that they've gone and crunched the playoffs in a much smaller time frame because there are no longer two-leg ties. It's all just one and done. 
And at first glance, when it strikes my ear, you think, well, I don't know if I love that one game. First of all, the higher-seeded team is going to be the home team. That'll be crucial. So you want to win. You know, People were talking about, oh, this waters down the regular season. I disagree. It actually probably makes it more important. A, you want to be that top seed to get the bye right into the conference semis. B, you want to be a home team, so you want to win as many games as you can, right, to make sure you're not on the road for just that one-off game. And C, you want to play in front of your own fans to give them something to be, I guess, rewarded with, a home playoff game, not just for the home field advantage, but rather, if you're a seventh seed, you can't play a home game unless somehow the other seventh seed won the other conference and and I guess you could host MLS Cup, theoretically. But you know what I'm saying. You're generally speaking, the lower the seed you are, you're never going to have a home game then, potentially. So it does actually make the regular season more important, in my estimation. So good move all the way around by MLS. The more I dug into it, the more I thought about it, I like it. And I like the fact that, again, they're going to be ending the season much sooner. They're going to try to get it inside those uh, FIFA international breaks, the October and the November ones. They're going to try to get all the playoffs in there, which with one-offs you can do. MLS Cup's actually going to go taking place a month earlier, virtually to the day. MLS Cup 2019 will be played on Sunday, the, the November 10th. Think about that. We were just getting the playoffs started November 10th this year. That was a whole month to go. I like cramming in the playoffs. It'll give the uh, postseason, not the postseason, the offseason a little bit more time. I mean, think about Atlanta United and Portland. They just finished up like 10 days ago. They're back in training camp in a month. Barely. That's just too short of an offseason. This will virtually add a month for everyone at least, which I love, honestly. So uh, your thoughts on the new uh, playoff format, now that you hear me talk about it, you might have changed your mind. Maybe you disagree with me. But I do like, yes, there's more teams added. That'll be taken care of by expansion. But I like that it actually means more the regular season now for the Audi MLS Cup playoffs. I cannot wait. Absolutely cannot wait for this season to get going. And you know what else I can't wait for? Stoppage time coming up next here on the home of world football in Southern California. This is ESPN LA 710. You know, for a number of years in America, right, it was always the soccer haters out there who didn't understand the game, didn't follow it, but just hated it for no reason that we as soccer fans could kind of gather around each other as the underdogs. Well, now we bite the hand that feeds us in our own community, and I'm tired of it. And I'll tell you why. It's the FIFA Club World Cup. All I ever hear from you uh, so-called soccer fans is, oh, it's so lame, nobody wants, nobody cares. I've been watching this thing for years. It is magnificent, and it's going on right now, and you're missing it. Chivas went there after winning CONCACAF's Champions League. I got dumped by Kashima Antlers. And then Chivas lost in the fifth-place match. And now Kashima just got beat by Real Madrid earlier in the day. Real Madrid going in with a Gareth Bale hat trick in about 10, 11 minutes. I think it was 11 minutes, according to ESPN. Yeah, I have the numbers there. And they beat Kashima in the semifinal. Now, Real Madrid will now play on Saturday against El Ain, the team that's actually playing in their host stadium in this tournament in the United Arab Emirates. They got by River Plate in a shootout. Yeah, that River Plate. 
And, you know, I was watching that game yesterday, and everybody, the reaction was, you know, from the BBC on on Twitter was a shocking result at the Club World Cup. And all these people were like, oh, this sucks. Now River Plate's out. They can't play Real Madrid. The competition sucks. You know, it's terrible. Did anybody watch the game? No, you must not have. El Ayin was right there with River Plate. Tooth and nail. It wasn't like River Plate was so much better and just got beat on one day where it was a complete shocker. Watch some more football around the world, you myopic fan, you. And I use fan in quotes. Well, you... Take your Liverpool jersey off every once in a while. Go watch some the sport elsewhere. I got an idea. Instead of going down to the Ye Merry Old Pub on Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. to watch Burnley kick the ball around in a nil-nil game of boredom, try watching the sport elsewhere for once. There are great teams all over the world. And Elayin deserved to beat River Plate that day in the shootout. Both teams played well wasn't like River Plate was terrible. They got beat. And guess what? Kashima Antlers, they can give Real Madrid a game. Real Madrid deserved to win. They're the better team. But it's no shoe-in. Real Madrid last year, winning this competition, right? And everybody, oh, they always win. It's Europe, of course. They're so much better. They had to battle their guts out in their two games last year. Nearly losing in the semis and then barely beating Gremio in the final last year. So if you want to count out Elayid on Saturday against Real Madrid, do it at your own peril. I'm so tired of soccer, quote-unquote, fan. Oh, the Club World Cup is terrible. What, are you insane? These are great matches. We finally get to see the things we want. Different confederations playing in meaningful games. No, your precious Liverpool's not in it. Well, go win the Champions League. Then it'll mean something to you. That's why I'm desperate for an MLS side to get there. Look, Chivas is probably about the 20th best team in CONCACAF, if I'm being honest. And I think if Chivas fans were being honest, they'd say the same thing. They didn't go represent all that well. But you know what? Everybody was like, oh, they're playing so terrible. Chivas was playing as hard as they could, and they didn't play that badly. They just lost to better teams. And that's fine. The, The world is stacked with great players. So maybe it's time to just wake up, soccer, quote-unquote, fan. And try to learn a little bit more about your myopic little view with you and Everton or you and Chelsea. It's ridiculous. It's a great competition. And I believe they're going to really make some changes to it, which will actually make it even better in the years to come. I love the FIFA Club World Cup. You're missing out. It's so great to see a team like Kashima Antlers try to play in Real Madrid and go at it in different styles. We don't see a lot of teams from Japan all the time. That's the beauty of it. It's ridiculous. All right, I went on my rant way too long. I'm cutting to this gentleman's time. It is the best segment of the show. I apologize. It's soccer. Uh, I beg your pardon. It's Soccer Weekly's Stoppage Time. What time is it? I'm so fired up. Yeah. Stoppage time. Stoppage time. Right now. Couldn't even get through that, Mario. I'm so ticked off. All Best right. segment of the show. You don't even know the name of the show. I know, and we only got a few minutes left. I apologize. Bring it, me back down to earth here, buddy. What's going okay, on? It's okay, Dave. It's okay. All right, so officials in Austin, Texas, have finalized a partnership for a new 20,000-seat stadium for the eventual Major League Soccer Club, Austin FC. 
That's pretty big right there it for Austin. Huge. Austin is hip. They are, uh, you know, that's the place to be nowadays. A lot of people go to Austin and have a great time. Yeah. Now you have a better excuse here. Go check out Austin FC, which is coming in 2021. Yeah, Austin is a massively growing city, yes. you know, both, both in, like, population and in just kind of, I guess, the feel of it. You know, it's, 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 it's got a lot going on for it, and why not MLS? Look, the problem was they were going to steal Columbus Crew to do it, and now they don't have to, essentially. This really just opens it up, Mario, to make a clean break from Columbus Crew for the owner, Anthony Precourt, and his group. Just go to go to Austin. You'll essentially be, I would think, they're going to just kind of make it an expansion team rather than taking the Columbus Crew roster. We'll see how that works out, especially if the crew stay and just, you know, under the new ownership. It, it's a perfect scenario now that could have been a really a, a, a terrible mess for MLS, Mario. It gets cleaned up with this deal, no doubt. Yeah, it's going to be huge for uh, Austin and, and Texas. Texas is a huge market with a lot of Latinos, a lot of soccer fans there. Yeah. They're going to have a brand new $225 million privately oh, funded great. stadium on yeah. city land. Well, that's fantastic. It really is. And it, and it works out again for Columbus Crew, too. It's not a bad look like it could have been for Major League Soccer. Yeah, they're going to stay in uh, Columbus Crew is going to stay in uh, Columbus under new ownership group led by the Cleveland Browns owners. Jimmy and D. Haslam. Yay, Browns. Go Browns. <laughs> My Cleveland roots, of course. Mario, there's another story coming out with FC Cincinnati, right, with the, the groundbreaking of their stadium. Yes. They're not going to be able to play there till 2021. What are your thoughts on FC Cincinnati just joining MLS? I'll give you like 20 seconds, Mario. When I tell you FC Cincinnati is going to be an MLS, what do you think? They're averaging 25000 in the USL. <laughs> Come on. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I love it. I love it. That's great. He is the great Mario Rees. He's the producer of this show. Of course, he produces the LAFC broadcast, which you hear right here on the home of the black and gold, ESPN LA 710. I can't wait. We should be hearing about the first home game, whatever that is for each team for MLS. They usually release that right around Christmas, and then early January we'll get uh, an idea of the schedule for the entire 2019 season. Thanks again to Mario Rees. Thanks so much to the guys behind the scenes who do all the yeoman's work. They're going to have the podcast up. Just as soon as this show is over, Michael Funches, Steve Padlet, Jesse Lopez, and uh, the, the gang, Adam Bronstein, everybody who works on the show. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. This is ESPN LA 710.